This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. Open, open your 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 mind. And we are off to another edition of West of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but I guarantee you. We're going to make it worth it. Tonight we have a really, really exciting show. I've been looking forward to this one all week. Uh, my, what was that, Ernie? All month. All For month. two months. Yeah. Technically, since last time Ben was here, which was about a year or two ago. That was so this year. show has been two years in the making. Wow. Yeah. How, you like how I can hype things up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been working <laughs> on this all day. Um, <laughs> my guest tonight, as uh, you could probably tell, is the... Uh, very tall and very handsome, Ben Hansen. Well, thank you. I've been working on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> the past two years. Right? <laughs> and also, of course, uh, my good friend Ernie Alonso from Haunted Orange County. How are you doing good, sir? Doing very good. Thank you for having us on again. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now, uh, Ben, you are a very busy man. You have uh, speaking engagements all the time. You're, you're uh, out there looking for... Everything from Bigfoot to UFOs, and we're going to talk about all that tonight because I want to know what, what's, what's happening in, in those uh, spheres of the paranormal. Uh, but let me uh, ask you about uh, your, uh, you were recently uh, one of the speakers, correct, at the UFO Congress? I was. I how, was. How was that? Well, uh, I should point out Congress is not like real Congress. We oh, it's not? <laughs> we don't make and pass UFO laws. And oh, stuff like that. crap. <laughs> uh, Despite what many people think. No, um, it's in the largest annual UFO convention mm-hmm. in the world. And uh, the, the last two years I've spoken there, they try not to have the same people back, mm-hmm. you know, every year. So this year, um, I just uh, I led the Skywatch, um, which we do, and I brought a whole bunch of night vision gear. Nice. And uh, we had some pretty interesting things happen. Which, if I may say so, your night vision gear is pretty spiffy. Yeah. I, I, I got to see some of... Some of it uh, in action when we were doing an investigation uh, not too long ago, which we will uh, talk about. Uh, but yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, I, I was pretty blown away by the uh, iPhone Adapter? attachment. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. It's not, it's not an app, people. It's, uh, it's a physical, <laughs> yeah, it's a physical it's, it's piece of gear. It's the bracket that goes on the scope, so you can't go out and just download an app and you got <laughs> night vision. <laughs> But so. it, it actually records really well. Uh, you know, you, yeah. you use my phone. I kind of purposely kind of hopped in front of the line. I was like, here, use my phone, because I really <laughs> wanted to see it at work. Uh, real quick, before we continue, where can people check out uh, some of this uh, night vision gear? Um, yeah, the uh, the shopping cart is sort of broken. I have some Indians working on it. Uh-huh. I mean, the people in India, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> Go to recovery, because I was like, uh, to all the Native Americans, we would like to issue this apology. Uh, um, so you can't you can't actually go to the shopping cart and purchase, but um, your listeners, if there is something they want, mm-hmm. have them email me on it, and I'll I'll definitely give them a discount. But it's uh, Night Vision Ops, nightvisionops.com, and uh, you can check out all the stuff there. Now, when you go on these sky watches, you take this night vision gear, and it seems in the last uh, I don't know, like ten years, fifteen years, I'm not sure, uh, it has become quite popular to use night vision gear to um, look for UFOs. Um, do you find that it is a fa- it's an effective method of uh, finding? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing with night vision, um, for the ghost hunters out there, mm-hmm. 
um, it's great for filming. If you watch shows like um, you know Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, all these guys, they're using the same type of thing. Most of them are filming in military grade Generation Three night vision, mm-hmm. okay, to capture the action. But it doesn't mean that you can't take out your old Sony. Um, you know, night shot, I think is the function they call it on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you yeah. just turn on an IR or an IR surveillance camera. In close proximity, that picks up pretty much the same thing. But if you're looking at the sky, it's a whole different ball game. Right. I mean, because uh, the sky watch is what we're finding is there are objects that are about the size and um, distance of satellite. And you wouldn't be able to see them mm-hmm. with your unaided eye. Um, so it amplifies light by 50,000 times. And then we're able to view and record these objects making sudden 90-degree uh, turns, wow. S-turns, doing things that satellites shouldn't do. And uh, if I remember correctly on your Twitter, not too long, maybe a, a month or two ago, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you posted a video of, of an object that you recorded in one of your um, Skywatches. And I think it was yeah, even on yeah. the Huffington Post website. Um Possibly. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Spiegel over at Huffington Post asked me to do a lot of stuff uh, commenting on articles, and I may have posted one of mine there. But, but uh, we did. We filmed two objects that were traveling in mm-hmm. a pair. Right. And I'm 95% certain what we're looking at is um, a type of spy satellite mm. called really? the NOSS. Oh, because wow. they do launch in, in pairs and in triplets. They really? Have, they are floating around there. But it, it's pretty cool to see if mm-hmm. you haven't seen them before because you're like, they're tied together. Right. That's <laughs> what it seems you know? like. Um, Adam, who, who was here uh, doing dark entries, he actually recorded two orange orbs of light about two years ago around um, after Christmas. It was right before New Year's. And I remember he called me and told me, he's like, dude, where are you? And I'm, you know, I'm at the studio. He was uh, out here in Hollywood. He's like, I think I just saw a UFO. And I'm like, get out. Are you serious? And uh, later on that night, he posted the video on YouTube that he recorded with his phone. And it was like a, a really nice video. It was a 1080, um, you know, high def. Uh, and you see these orbs and they uh-huh. almost seem to stay at the uh, same distance. And it matches a lot of the videos that uh, you know people have been posting for the last couple of months, if not a few years already. Uh, would you say that the you know the the triangle-shaped formation is this by satellite? Um, well, if you look on YouTube, I could probably show you some videos where people are seeing uh, the three uh, circles traveling. It looks like they're kind of fixed together. The difference is a lot of people are reporting that the inner portion mm-hmm. is blacking out stars behind oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, of course, yeah. satellite's not going to do that. Plus, if you have a good enough video or observe well enough, um, most of these triangles w- that I've heard reported are, are within our atmosphere, and they're much, much lower. Mm. So these things that we're seeing, the, the satellite objects doing weird things, are in, are in <laughs> orbit, you know, and they're, they're tens or hundreds of kilometers out. Wow. You know, so the, the night vision can still pick up on that. It's amazing. I mean, it just, you wouldn't even know they were up there doing this. And uh, with that, it just opens up a whole new world. That does. I mean, I, I had not heard about this uh, uh, type of spy satellite. Uh, do you have any idea what they're using it for? Is it just. Uh, um, well, yeah, basically, uh, the, the NOSS uh, series of satellites are Navy satellites, and they're used to spy on ships. Okay, okay. so. 
they kind of triangulate. What they'll do is they'll have one follow the other. Mm-hmm. It could be up in space, several miles behind it. Mm-hmm. But it will receive a radio signal from a ship, and the delay from the time the second satellite receives that signal gives them a triangulation point. Oh, so wow. they're able to zero in on where these ships are, and that's basically, from what I understand, how it works. You know an awful lot about these things, Ben. What, what's going <laughs> on? There's something you're not telling us. Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let me take a break uh, uh, from the UFO topic for a minute. We're going to come back because, obviously, I'm, I'm, it's one of the things I'm, I'm most fascinated with. But uh, one of the things that uh, I don't know if, if people know is that you also spend quite a bit of time investigating the paranormal. Uh, as far as uh, ghosts and things of that nature, and in your show, uh, Fact or Fake, uh, you know, you basically dedicate uh, the the whole show to, uh, you know, exploring these claims, uh, whether it's you know alien abduction to you know paranormal phenomena. How how did you get started in the par- paranormal? Was it UFOs and aliens that led you into that, or did you have a paranormal experience and then it kind of branched out into these other things? Um, I. You know, that's a good question. I, I had a much more open mind to the UFO topic than I did ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, uh, it was when I was about eight years old, my dad started bringing me books and articles on UFOs. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, dad thinks there's a possibility. Right. But with ghost hunting, I mean, the only thing I knew about ghosts was Ghostbusters <laughs> right? and, and Casper, <laughs> you know, which we used to watch on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And we were all told as kids, ghosts don't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt there was an afterlife, but we're talking about spirits and angels, not right. ghosts that haunt places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was fully against that. I'm like, this doesn't happen. Right. It's not even true. And I feel like maybe it's just my perspective as a kid, but I felt like even adults did not believe in ghosts mm. back then. Well, um, it wasn't until I was in college, and um, this was before Ghost Hunters and everything mm-hmm. on TV, And I started hearing uh, some people playing EVPs, mm-hmm. and they'd play them uh, on the radio, and I thought, that is so easy to replicate. I, whatever, let's see if there's something to it. So it kind of started for me when I took my friends out to um, a Memorial War uh, park, and we had two recorders running, and I remember where everyone was standing. I had my sister uh, there with me, and nothing, absolutely nothing happened all night until mm-hmm. I went home and started playing the tapes back. And a very clear voice right next to me, almost like whispering in the microphone, says, get brother. It's like, get brother. Really? And it gave me chills. And I was like, we all knew that was not us. Mm-hmm. A t- you know, voice was there. And that's kind of what launched it, you know, back mm-hmm. in the, the early years of uh, college. Wow. And after that... Uh How did your perspective change? Do you believe that these are actual spirits of people? Or um, have you found a, have you reached that conclusion that satisfies your... Uh... Um, you know, I, I still believe there's a possibility this might have something to do with, like, um, some psychic uh, manifestation mm-hmm. of our own. You know, there are theories of poltergeist activity being, um, <laughs> incidentally, with, with young teenage girls angry at their boyfriends. You know, and really? send objects flying across a room at their head, that uh, uh, psychotelekinesis. But I don't know that that explains most of this stuff. I, I would say the there's probably a 95% chance that yeah, what I've encountered um, are departed spirits. I mean, 
hearing audible voices, correct, seeing things move, you know, when when you've asked them to or not. It, it's a continuum. When anyone starts in this field, it's kind of like you start out being very okay. Mm-hmm. I heard about this, and then you start to see some of it, and then before you know it, like you go out on these ghost hunts and you're pretty disappointed if something isn't flying across the right, room. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think we've all been spoiled by uh, television and movies. Like, we're expecting, you know, the full-on exorcist poltergeist treatment or something. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's a very time-consuming, and, it re- you know, it requires a lot of patience. And, yeah, I mean, there's nights where it's totally, you know, quiet and nothing will come of it. Um, in your uh, experience investigating the, the paranormal, uh, can you uh, tell me one example where you were at a loss for words uh, as far as trying to explain something that occurred to you, whether in an investigation or in your own personal uh, Sure. Life? Um, let's try to think of something that maybe I ha- <coughs> excuse me, haven't shared a whole lot. Um, well, okay. Uh, I think the last time I was on your show, we probably talked about the incident in uh, Indiana Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll talk about one more recently. I was leading an investigation in an old army, um, well, a series of army barracks and buildings, and mm-hmm. we were downstairs and they had a piano there. So I like to do this thing where I put a water bottle near the edge of something. We make sure that mm-hmm. nobody is around and touching it. And... Um, just like people say, okay, if there's someone here, you can make a noise and, uh, you know, move something, whatever. Well, I try to have it focused specifically on the water bottle. And most of the time, though, it works when you're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you start talking in, in, in just normal everyday subjects, mm-hmm. it's, it irritates them. <laughs> right. And so... We were doing that. We had all the lights off, and we had some first-timers who were already on edge. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a little after I had said, okay, focus your energy here if you want to knock this water bottle over, I was absolutely certain there was no draft. There was no, no one near it. The water bottle was nearly full, and this thing comes flying off of the, the piano wow. and crashes on the bass keys. So it was like, boom! Oh, my God. <laughs> the girls jumped up out of their seats. I pushed my seat back. I was like, whoa! We're all freaking out. Um, wow. Just a, a month before that, I was investigating a, a place where ghost adventurers um, <clears throat> eventually went. Uh, you know, I post about these things, and I think they'd kind of heard some of our investigations mm-hmm. we've done there. And anyways, it, it's a cement factory. Hmm. Okay, it's been closed for a long, long time, and they have these giant silos. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing this is where they stored kind of the gravel and stuff that they would mix the cement with. And again, it was a public event, and we we do rotation. So mm-hmm. I stay put, and the group of ten or so people will come to me for 45 minutes, and then go to the next place. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was there with a, a couple of, of girls and they didn't go off with their their group like they were going to and they're just sitting there in the dark and I said okay well it's been a while I'm going to go see where this next group is and I walked probably 30 feet away from them and uh, one of the girls goes no 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 don't leave us here in the dark don't leave us stay here and I said you'll be fine no no stay here right then I heard a voice clear as day a woman <clears throat> my right ear okay the 
you get into ghost investigating. If you ever have to go, you know, sign up for a job where they do a psychological on you, and they're like, have you seen things others don't see? Do you hear voices that no one else does? Mm-hmm. I have to mark yes now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? <Wow>. Okay. <laughs> I heard a voice clear as day say, don't worry. I'll be right here next to you. And I flipped around. Oh, I said, what did God. you say? And the girls are sitting there. We didn't, we didn't say anything. I said, no. You just <laughs> said, well, I'll be right in here next to you. And I said, no, we haven't said anything. I said, talk in a normal voice. And I tried to see if a voice could carry and reverberate off the silo wall. Mm-hmm. And it sounded very, um, like, muffled. Wow. It was nothing like the voice right. that I heard. So every now and then, um, you'll get things like this. And I know it's a, it's a pretty general question, but I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what um, causes these uh, hauntings? I mean, is it what a lot of people call residual energy? Uh, you know, it seems like some, sometimes these happen in houses or places that really don't have much of a history of, you know, anything weird going on. Uh, why do you think that, you know, these things occur? If they don't have a history, per se? Yeah. Well, to somebody, I guess they have a history. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't always... I think we kind of get stuck in it has to be like a tragic event. Right. Or it has to be something very powerful. And of course, that seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. But remember, um, even a simple house that is only a couple decades old might have had dozens of families or people living there. Right. You know, and, and um, I tend to believe that people, when they depart... They, there's a connection, um, either it was a happy place mm-hmm. or it, there's something that um, they're replaying mm-hmm. or maybe it is just a replay. You know, maybe they're not, it's not an intelligent, you know, haunting, so to speak. But uh, it, of course, we seek out the places that like do have that history. First, right, you know? right, of course. But I've, I've had EVPs in the most unusual places. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, in, in the investigation that we... Uh, went along not too long ago at the Antique Depot, I believe, right, Ernie? Yeah. In uh, Old Town Orange. Orange. Downtown Orange. Um, downtown Orange. Um, one of the, uh, the, the, the uh, persons that came along was Ryan Adams. And I remember the first, I think it was the first investigation I ever uh, went along with him. He said something that, um, you know, made sense to me. And that was that, you know, what you just said, that a lot of times it goes you know, will communicate with you without you having to ask questions, you know, and the example he gave, you know, it could be a kid eating breakfast in the morning and he'll hear something or uh, uh, see something. So, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, these things will happen when you least expect them. Uh, Speaking of the antique antique depot, uh, this was a pretty interesting investigation in my opinion, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit of the background of the antique depot? Because it, it's it's a quite a nice place for anybody into antiquing. Yeah, <laughs> that is the place to go. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, it's probably one of the larger uh, antique um, shops there in Old Town Orange. Um, it used to be that whole area in in Old Town was developed in the uh, the mid eighteen hundreds, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was growing up, it used to be an old furniture store called Higgins, and it's been an antique shop now for. Gosh, maybe 15 years. And um, 
when we started developing the tours for Old Town Orange, uh, one of the things I would do is I would go in and I would interview the owners, mm -hmm. the managers, the staff. And um, by far, <clears throat> out of all the locations that we interviewed people for the tours, um, we would get the most uh, consistent stories and, and, and happenings from the Antique Depot. Um, we had, uh, you know, one of the stories that always sticks out to me because um, it was so blatant was one of the, uh, Karen, who was, who was the gal that let us in that night. Yeah. Um, she was downstairs vacuuming uh, in one of the, uh, the aisles in the basement, and mm -hmm. uh, she saw records being tossed out right. into, yeah. the, uh, into the, uh, into the uh, aisle. Mm -hmm. And she turned off the vacuum. She walked over to see if it was a, a vendor that was cleaning up still, and uh, nobody was there. Um, so things like that, you know, that, that are pretty, um, you know, amazing. I think, um, pictures, you know, coming off the mm -hmm, wall and, mm -hmm. and, uh, turning corners <laughs> and flying at somebody. Um, but we went, um, gosh, it was about maybe three weeks ago now. Yeah, thereabouts. And, um, you know, everybody had a little bit of their equipment. Ben brought his uh, night vision, mm -hmm. and that's I think that's when you got to try it out. Yeah, that thing was badass. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so the so the location, you know, does have a lot of activity. Um, I I'm thinking perhaps it could be because of the antiques that are you know there mm -hmm. and just maybe energies that they store. But um, every time I go in there and um, you know stop off to drop off more tour flyers, I always make it a point to ask the staff if they experienced anything lately, and they've mm -hmm. always got they always got a new one. They, they've always got a new story of something that has happened. Now, Ben, um, uh, I don't know if you recall when uh, we were with Ryan and we walked to the corner where I believe the the record throwing incident happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I definitely felt like a little shift, you know, it, it, it was a big group, but I think when, when we broke off, uh, and it was the, the, the three of us, besides being a really bonding experience, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan had his hold hands or something. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. And, um, and I mean, I, I remember that it, it was beginning to feel a bit odd. What do you think about, uh, you know, objects uh, holding some kind of entity attachment to them? Have you encountered that before? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, I can't say for certain. I don't have a personal experience with, like, uh, the haunted collector type thing. Mm -hmm. I'm friends with those guys, and they swear that there are some things that you bring into your house or you take out. I'm mm -hmm. not so sure that I've experienced that, but it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it can't be that way. Um, you know, if, if I took something away from a ghost that it, it really wanted, mm -hmm. I, I probably wouldn't chance it, <laughs> bring it home with me. Right. But um, I think maybe just the atmosphere there is what mm -hmm. it's about. Because mm -hmm. we were feeling like um, some definite vibes. There. Yeah. And, and there are few places where I just don't like to wander down dark halls, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I, uh, I'd almost rather just it be pitch black than have my night vision up to my eyes too, because <laughs> you start to see shadows right. come around the corner and yeah. No, it was, it was definitely crazy. And I think what made it all the more spooky was that it had so many little, you know, passages, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all these little Freaky dolls. And, yeah, the dolls were quite. Yeah. yeah, that was that was something else. Um, now, recently, I've been seeing a lot in in articles uh, about people having these, um, you know, near death experiences, and you know, they 
they people that claim to be skeptics or you know I think the uh, popular one is about a, a I think it was a psychiatrist or, or something along those lines um, someone in the medical field and uh, you know he said you know he didn't believe in this kind of stuff uh, what are your thoughts on on these uh, experiences that people have do you think they're really getting a peek into the the afterlife as it were oh yeah for sure I think some people have had that um, And they can be very personal experiences, mm -hmm. very uh, spiritual. And, you know, sometimes uh, I hear things that I, I wouldn't even really repeat. Really? You know, the general mm -hmm. public, because it, it's, it's uh, I'm kicking things on the ground here, apparently. Um, because it, uh, it, it's, it's just so, so personal, it means something to them that it's, it's kind of like too, um, I don't know, sacred, you know, to share. Right, right. But I have had family members that have had these near-death things, and, and while they're on their deathbed, it seems like they're coming in and out. Mm -hmm. And they talk to people in the corner of the hotel, or mm -hmm. hotel. <laughs> they die in a hotel. <laughs> uh, hospital. Right. So very real, like looking up at them, having full-on conversations, mm -hmm. and then coming back mm. and having a conversation with the living people that are there. And I don't think, personally, these things can be so easily explained as... Uh, you know, neurons firing off right. as you're getting ready to die and everything because they're coming back with very specific information. Um, I, I know of people who have had experiences crossing all the way over mm -hmm. and it's more than just a surreal dream. Uh, they're able to see their themselves and their bodies and able to perceive all things at once. So that they're not only, for example, I know someone who, uh, who drowned in a river. Mm -hmm. uh, they were rafting and it overturned. And they got caught in an island in the middle of the river. So his buddies popped up and mm -hmm. they floated down. Well, he was stuck under a ledge. Okay, Couldn't, couldn't find uh, the uh, surface. Mm -hmm. And 10 seconds goes by. 20 seconds. 30 seconds. Wow. And he said that this is a good life lesson kids <laughs> this this as i turn to the camera here's, <laughs> here's the moral of this story tonight um it was about pain his whole lesson was about pain and and what it means because he said look when you eliminate the choices mm -hmm. that you have in life and you're trying to decide between two things you eliminate the choice the pain stops he had to choose between breathing trying to take a breath and gulping in this water, knowing that if he did so, he would die. Or he could hold out and until he passed out and, and just decide not to try and breathe. And he said when he made that decision to not try and breathe in the water, he felt complete peace. Wow. Complete peace. Wow. And at this point, his spirit came up, left his body, And he saw the whole scene. He saw the river. He saw the bank where his friends were calling his name and yelling for him. But at the same time, several hundred yards or, or feet at least up the river, he could hear perfectly the conversations of his other friends. Really? Looking for him. Oh, wow. So in, it's in this realm or dimension or whatever we mm -hmm. want to call it, I think they can perceive... Um, I always have that in mind when you're in one room investigating. You're like, if there's someone here, blah, blah, blah and you're thinking it's only isolated to that room, mm -hmm. if they do indeed see us, 
they might be able to see and hear kind of everyone in that house at once. You know, who knows how yeah. it works. But um, it was a very peaceful thing and until finally, as quickly as it, it ended uh, or as he left, he was back in his body, came to the surface, and um, his friends, you know, finished reviving him. Wow. Wow. That's intense. That's so really crazy. Eliminate your decisions and your pain will stop. Uh, <laughs> don't even make it an option if you're, you know, struggling for something. And anyways, I, I always remember that because it's not every day that someone has a brush with death mm -hmm. and um, it gives you a, a much wider perspective. What's really important in life. Mm -hmm. um, and and most of the time people come away with that with a sense of um, of peace, knowing that this is not it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah. you, you change your life from that day on. It's like, okay, I only have a limited number of days here. I'm going to do everything I can to be a good person because I want to be on the good side. <laughs> you know, when I, when I go over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, well, let me ask you this, um, because apparently there's a flip side to that coin. And, uh, you know, I've, I've read a, a, a few books and, and, and just stories by people who have had the the opposite thing happen to them mm -hmm. and there's people that claim they spend time in hell and they got to oh, see yeah. what hell was yeah what are your thoughts on that because personally i you know as as much as i would like to be skeptical but they're like you said you know it's, it's some very detailed information they describe even odors and yeah. things that you know you you read it and even like right now i'm getting chills just thinking <laughs> of something because it is pretty uh, graphic it's pretty yeah. crazy what are your thoughts on those kind of experiences well from from what i've heard with people um the, those who who experience that have something to change in their life really and it's a warning wow um as to what hell is and all that, we probably don't have time. And it's, it's very um, differing in opinions is, you know, the religious opinions as to whether it is an actual place or mm -hmm. if we sort of create it for ourselves and right. all that stuff. But um, I think if, if you're having one of those experiences, it's time to reevaluate your life. Um, Why are you laughing, it, Ernie? <laughs> you got something you need to reevaluate? <laughs> Ernie, did you see the light a little bit this past week? You had a, a nasty oh, yeah. car accident. Actually, I did on Saturday. Yeah. No, Friday. It was Friday. Was it? I think it was Friday. Right. Yeah, it, it was Friday. It, it shook me up so much. I don't yeah. know what day it happened. Yeah, actually, it did. Yeah. That, but I, I'm, I'm still here. And, and we're glad uh, you're still here. Airbags going off. It. And it did. Yeah, the whole like nine that. yards. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to be all serious on your show, but... Um, <laughs> you know it's like all good, my it, it uh it, it really everyone i think has had experiences mm -hmm. with loved ones and, and stuff and it, or maybe disasters maybe maybe something hits close to home and yeah. it brings you back to what's truly important mm -hmm. you know and and that's people people are what is important and all yeah. the little stuff we get caught up in um when when we do go to, to the other side it's not going to matter. You can't take it with you. Right. You know, and so it's, it, I don't mean to get all like lovey-dovey, but like, you know, treat people um, the best you can while they're here and give them what you can in time and effort, you know, because it is, it is, could be snuffed out. So as I, last year uh, around Christmas time, uh, my aunt went into uh, the hospital from a simple cold or something you know and it became an infection and then she was dehydrated and within a matter of weeks she was at death's door oh wow you know and uh had my mom who had cancer you know last year and everything mm -hmm. and it's like 
how depressing, isn't it? It's like, yeah, come on, life is just kind of cruising along, and then all <laughs> of a sudden, bam, you know. So that's what's really interesting about ghost hunting, I think, too, mm-hmm. because the people who really do it, some of them have real questions, and they yeah. want to know, what's it like over there? Tell me what you see. Yeah, are you in pain? Are you suffering? Yeah, you know, and uh, we we may never know through using technology like we do, right? But I think it's catching up. And I think we're, we're able to start to detect some of this stuff. And to me, that's the most fascinating part about it. Yeah. And it's true what you say, because, you know, doing this show and going on investigations, you know, you get a chance to meet uh, people from all walks of life that do this. And um, I've noticed that a lot of them are people who have lost a loved one tragically. And it's almost like they're trying yeah. to find closure and find out what happened to them, like what or what awaits on that yeah. other side. It, it, whether they express it or not, but you get that feeling like they just want to make sure that that person is okay. I, I would say one thing on that point, though, and this is just my personal belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people, even family members, come on my investigations. Mm-hmm. Not anywhere where their loved one has passed away, not in location-wise, but they come to my investigations hoping that with our tools and things, they can communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't have time to go into this, but my theory is that if somebody has a specific message for you, mm-hmm. I would not go looking for your EVP recorder. Mm-hmm. Okay, to, to record grandpa. <laughs> okay, right. going around your house. <laughs> um, setting up your full spectrum camera to see if grandpa's snooping around. If if grandpa was a good man, and I'm not saying that, that everyone who responds is not a good person in these ghost hunts, but I'm saying if they were a good person, I think there's another way set up to communicate. Um, often people receive very vivid dreams yeah. or things like that. Um, the ghost hunting... I tell people, if you get an EVP and it tells you to do something, don't Mm -hmm. do it. Don't do it. You don't know who you're talking to. That is very true. For me, it's a curiosity. But but it's not that I'm trying to... um, I get a lot of people upset at me for this. Um, Because I have a lot of uh, friends who are, you know, sensitive, psychic. Right. I personally don't feel I'm there to do anything to help these these Mm. spirits. Wow. It's not my job to help them cross over... Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a ghost whisperer. I could frankly care less <laughs> why they're there. <laughs> I know that's harsh, but I think there's there's something set up for them on the other side. Right. There are those people to help them there. They don't need me to figure out who killed them and solve their murder. And No. Um, and same reason I don't think people should be looking for answers from loved ones through uh, recorders. Uh, let me, uh, I know I skipped a couple of questions in the chat room and I apologize and I'm just kind of going to go through uh, a few here. One of them was, uh, why are alien orbs, uh, appear to be orange? Alien orbs appear to be orange. Yeah. Um, and this was uh, one of the questions that was asked while we were on the topic. Okay. So I apologize. No yeah. worries. I, I don't know that, um, that's been my experience, but mm-hmm. there, there are, um, for example, if you look up uh, a researcher named Ted Phillips, mm-hmm. he uh, he does a lot of research out uh, in Missouri area. Mm-hmm. He has a ranch that, a series of ranches that uh, these people allowed him to come on the property. Mm-hmm. He is filmed, and I don't know if he left it up there on YouTube anymore, but he calls them ambers. Mm-hmm. They're lights, sort of like the Phoenix lights. Oh, really? Okay, like 97, mm-hmm. that are orangish in color. So I guess 
that part could be true, you know, but yeah. they, they blink on and off. I don't know that that's the majority of what's going on with, with UFO activity, though. Um, I've heard just as many people talk about white lights or right. blu- bluish lights. Um, so it, it comes in all forms. Uh, a quick question about the uh, the Phoenix lights. Uh, when those occur, uh, like a day or two later, the um, I think it was like the mayor or the governor came out and basically poked fun at the whole thing. Yeah. Right? And he even brought out like an alien, uh, somebody, some dude dressed like an alien. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, now that he's not, uh, you know, in that, uh, you know, position, uh, he has come out and said that he really didn't know what they were. And yeah. Well, Governor um, Fife Symington actually saw the lights himself. He claims that he came out that day and made fun of it because he was worried that the public would panic and he was trying to be a little lighthearted with it. Mm. But he didn't say he had witnessed them until much later. Um, and he said no. So he, he actually launched an investigation, um, had Luke Air Force Base look into it, and eventually the Air Force Base tried to recreate. Oh, really? Okay, these, they, they, they said in the newspaper, okay, we're going to, on this date and time, we're going to mm-hmm. go drop some flares. We'll, yeah. we'll show to you that that's what, 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 what it was. And uh, it failed miserably. Really? <laughs> it explained perhaps the second sighting that night, uh-huh. because we do believe that it's very possible the second sighting were flares. But this was several hours after the first massive sighting, where we're talking about an object um, up to a mile in width, um, starting about Las Vegas and mm-hmm. coming down through Arizona um, very, very slowly, almost hovering for, for up to an hour okay, as mm-hmm. it crosses over the Phoenix area. And in fact, I'm, I'm filming a TV show right now. It's one of the topics that we're, we're looking at maybe getting into uh, of things that have not been uh, discussed about that case. Uh, now, one of the things that I find interesting about the Phoenix Lights, and may- maybe you have more information about this, it was such a huge event, and people describe seeing this V-shaped thing hovering, mm-hmm. and it, it was really quiet. Um, you know, and I, I have to ask the question, how come we don't have more footage of it? Uh, if some That's a great, it? great question. Um, it, it's very strange. You know, because upwards of thousands of people saw this thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, you're talking about 1997, mm-hmm. okay, when, when most of us had either VHS or yeah. we had the mini, you know, cassette or hi eight recorders. Right. Still, a lot of people have it. Yeah. The, uh, the UFO settings I have had, um, I even had a cell phone camera. Right. Okay, but those incidents were op- over in like four seconds. There's mm-hmm. no way I could have taken it out. This thing right. was hovering for yeah. several hours. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know other than... I've heard a lot of the witnesses describe that they were mesmerized. They were watching mm-hmm. this thing, and it wasn't until after the fact mm-hmm. where they're like, maybe we should try and record this. Right. Um, and if you're watching it clear across the valley, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, unless this is not a plug for my night vision, <laughs> <laughs> but unless you do have some specialized equipment, mm-hmm. um, most of these things probably will not even show up on camera. Um, be very blurry and, and very un, uh, unimpressive. And, uh, you know, it's funny because that's exactly what I uh, read was that, uh, you know, and what I mean I read was 
um, you know, I read them in my dad's books from like the 70s and the 80s that people would describe seeing a UFO or a light and feeling almost paralyzed, like they yeah. couldn't really do anything. They just stood yeah. there seeing this thing. Do you yeah. think that that is uh, something that it's uh, you know that they purposely do uh, you'd think that the people you know not the people but whoever's uh, <laughs> you know maneuvering these uh, UFOs is emitting some kind of signal that makes people kind of like stop and, and just stand there in awe or do you think it, that's, it's more of a human reaction to an unknown event like our brain just trips out and he's like sure. holy cow what are we <laughs> well going um, I actually lecture on part of this because it Um, you know, my background in law enforcement, mm. we have some. Hide the weed, the, Ernie. Hide the weed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We, we actually, we encounter something called the bystander effect. Okay. Okay. So uh, what this says is the more people who witness an event, mm -hmm. the less likely they are to report it. Really? Or to do something about it. So especially nowadays, you're driving down the freeway, you see a car pulled over, the hood's up. You know, even it looks like some, you know, defenseless woman is, is trying to change her tire or whatever. We think, well, God, there's thousands of people that have passed by here in the past 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. She probably has a cell phone. Everyone else has a cell phone. We start justifying why we shouldn't get involved. Mm. Okay, now couple that with something that blows your mind away. Right. And like what you're saying, the psychological effect, it... Um, I have numerous accounts where people have all pulled over and there's cars lined up on the side of the road and they get out. Mm -hmm. They look up at an object that is just amazing. No words spoken. They watch the thing and they all get in their car and they drive away, not saying one word to wow. each other and not one word on the way home. Wow. And they may not talk about it for weeks afterwards. Mm -hmm. Remember that thing we saw? Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that would be the thing you talked about the whole way home? Yeah. And you're yeah. calling each other or you're getting witnesses' names. Well, you know, they, they have this feeling of almost being in a trance. Mm -hmm. And then a feeling, um, most of them, of sometimes they get a communication like, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. It'll be okay. Um, and, and who knows? But, but the, the, the last thing that enters your mind is, I don't want to take my, I mean, the first thing is, I don't want to take my eyes off of this. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of people just forget, go get the camera, go do this or that. That's, that's what I think. That's a, a really interesting way uh, of explaining it because it totally makes sense. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, they, they, they get upset. And, you know, a lot of skeptics use that almost as, like, as the excuse. Like, well, you know, how come nobody has captured, like, when they see a UFO, like, really up close or whatever? It could be that just this person or group of people are in that in that state. Let me get one mm -hmm. more question in before we uh, take sure. a quick break. And this is from uh, Jennifer Wilcott. Is it fair for us to use really specialized tools to investigate the paranormal? That you need specialized tools? Uh, is it fair for us to use? Oh, is it fair? Like yeah. we're hunting them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's like, should, if you're a hunter, should I use a rifle or a bow and arrow? Right. Oh, my your tools are, are too specialized. <laughs> Does, uh, she, does she mean fair um, that certain people have access to certain types of equipment or 
What, what's her name on here? Uh, Jennifer Wilka. Uh, and I'm try I was trying to, because I know there was like a follow-up explanation to her question. And Jennifer, she, write some more here. Yeah. Uh, the most. Uh, we want. We want to. We're not making fun of you. That's funny because I stopped at the at the when she was writing about having an intimate experience. I'm like, wait, what? Intimate uh, experience, and then you you started yeah, reading about her experience. Yeah. I see how yeah. you are. <laughs> well, most of Jennifer's I know are pretty cute. Uh, my sister's name is Jennifer, and so Jennifer... Okay, she says, no, I mean dot, dot, dot. Okay, we'll, dot, wait, dot, we'll dot. wait for her. Um, specialized equipment. I, um, I don't think it's necessary to have. In fact, I've got... Um, oh, connect on a human level. There we go. Um, yeah... I have a friend, a DJ friend of mine, uh, DJ Chunga, that we do events with all the time, and he is a minimalist. He mm -hmm. likes going out there and, and first trying to see what his body's telling him, right? and then only break out the equipment to try and confirm. And that's one way of doing it. I, um, I myself am not that sensitive. I've been mm -hmm. told that many times that I'm <laughs> a cold-hearted, <laughs> you know, very difficult person to date. I forget birthdays and Valentines. Um, but with him, he'll feel it, and then the equipment will start going off. Mm. So that's just kind of a matter of preference, I think, if that's yeah. something that you can do. Although you have to be a little bit more careful about being subjective. Right. You know, like um, I can't really stand people who will come into a room either with the ghost app Right, or something they've got on their phone, or like right. the Obelisk or something. Right, right. Or you've got that one person in the group who says they're sensitive, and I'm not one to say they're not, mm -hmm. but they start telling you the whole story about this person. Mm. I heard the name Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you hear that? I just felt, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. She's a waitress. All right, fine. And she doesn't like you. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... Before you know it, you've heard the whole story from someone that I'm like, to me personally, it means little mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I can't verify that with anything. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying they didn't feel that. I'm just saying like uh, what I'm kind of looking for is something I can verify. And, and when my meter is pegging, mm -hmm. you know, the needle and it's going crazy and that is coupled with somebody just got touched over here. That to me is a little bit more um, concrete right. than someone just, you know, telling me a story. Yeah, and I will have to agree with Tattoo Guy in the chat room. He says, "I think that the technology may be uh, e oh, I hate it when it scrolls easier up. to come up with yeah, false positives." Yeah, and uh, you know, personally, I you know don't really have any of, of the fancy equipment. I rely just on recordings, and you know, I I feel that those are kind of like the the more interesting ones because yeah i believe that sometimes some of this stuff will give you like a false you know uh, piece of evidence if you will and uh, in order to minimize that uh you know i've always found more compelling just those evps that you're like holy cow like what was that yeah, yeah. um all right uh while i delete my ghost app um we're gonna take <laughs> a quick break <laughs> Uh, I want to play this song. I've, I've been obsessing over this song, and I'm sorry. I'm going to play it again, but it's amazing. And if people haven't uh, tuned into uh, this uh, artist called Avid Dancer, definitely check it out. I think uh, he only has this one song out, so I'm, I hope that he continues making more. Uh, it's called uh, Stop Playing With My Heart.
want to dedicate to Genevieve, not because she plays with my heart, although she does, Aww. but uh, she's back in England, but she's in the chat, even though it's like 5 a.m. or something ridiculous out there. Uh, shout out to her. And don't go away, we're going to be right back. My guest tonight is Ben Hansen and Ernie Alonso, and we haven't even started getting to the good stuff. This has all been the foreplay. So stick around. Here we go. West of the Rockies, independent.fm. second hour of West of the Rockies on the independent.fm. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but believe me, there's more good stuff coming your way. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow the independent.fm on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash indiefm. Uh, also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the independent FM. That's Ben cracking a beer. We got the six pack. Uh, so yeah, things will get interesting shortly. Actually, monster got here. The M80. The did, you, did you ever blow up M80s as a kid? Absolutely. That was. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm, to, I'm lucky. I still have all ten I, fingers. <laughs> had to go to another state to get them, and uh, <laughs> they came like the M80, the M100, and they're like, if you put two of these together, it's a quarter stick of dynamite. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I think it, it, it barely like blew a mound of dirt up. But it was <laughs> exciting when you're a kid. Any kind of a small explosion is like, here. Well, I shouldn't make fun of that. It, it's like a test and. Kids, don't explode them. things up. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Definitely don't do it. We don't approve. <laughs> As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockets on Facebook. Shout out to my homeboy, Jaime Roque. His uh, Twitter is Jaime Roque. And shout out to Genevieve in England. Hi, Genevieve. Genevieve UA. If you can't spell it, go to my Twitter. She's somewhere in there. Uh, my guest tonight, of course, Ben Hansen, Ernie Alonso. Uh, ben, where can people find more info about you? What are your Twitters, Facebooks, and all that? Uh, the easiest way is just go to benhansen.com. Mm -hmm. Dot com. Dot com. Um, H-A-N-S-E-N-E-N dot com. Uh, there they have all my, my events coming up. I've got links to a lot of stuff that I do. Um, we have casting calls every now and then. We're, I think I got one up there right now uh, for the UFO show. Oh, nice. Looking for some uh, witnesses of, of different things. And then I've um, witnessed stuff. Ben. You witnessed stuff. I've witnessed stuff all the time. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's a good place. Uh, Twitter, I'm Ben Hansen zero zero, mm -hmm. and uh, Facebook, I've got a couple pages out there. I don't think I can add any more friends, but you can be the follow friend nice. because I'll put stuff on there as well. So uh, yeah, very cool, very cool, Ernie. What about you? You can find us on uh, on the web at hauntedoc.com, on Twitter and Instagram at hauntedorange, and on Facebook at hauntedorangecounty. Um, as far as events, we're working on a few. Um, you know, we talk about the How Awful Mansion a lot. Yeah. And um, they actually approved an event that um, will actually You're be going a, straight to hell. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same place. Um, getting getting crazy at the Waffle House. Yeah, it is. Um, it's going to be actually an overnight event, and uh, it's the first time they've done something like this, and uh, we're planning it for some time in June. So um, as soon as we get more information, we'll... Uh, Tell them what they get in the morning, Ernie. We'll pop that up. Yeah, in the whoa, morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Whoa. <laughs> yes. It's still kind of a family show, right? Let's, uh... Food. Food they oh, get in okay. the morning. Okay, good. Waffles. <laughs> yeah. We're going to actually serve waffles in the morning. The, the, only time, really? the only time yeah. I've been there, like, is the, you know, the docents and the curators are, like, very historical society, and they're like... <laughs> This house was brought to us in the 1880s, or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> and and the owner was Mr. Waffle. He invented yeah. the waffle maker, and or the waffle. And the, and the people are like, really, that's so cool. And it, and then I forget <laughs> to tell him the truth. Oh, <laughs> that has joking. nothing to do with waffles. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Well, that's I get I get amazing. asked that all the time. It's like, so is it an actual Waffle House? I'm like, no. I know. It's, I was unfortunately have to, yeah. have to explain it. It will be in June. One it day. will actually, yeah. So um, that's going to be very limited. We're going to actually allow people to sleep in the bedrooms, and uh, we'll probably keep it to about eight eight to ten people. So um, we'll try it out once, see how it goes, and uh, you know. They they're interested in doing it at least a couple times a year. So really, oh that's yeah, cool. So that'll be cool. And uh, we're working on a screening event. Um, for those of you who've seen the last par- installment of Paranormal Activity, the marked mar- ones. The marked ones. Well, we liked it. I we, thought it was mean pretty dope. Saw it and we thought it was great. And so we actually got to investigate with Jorge Diaz <laughs> um, the other night when we went to the Antique Depot, which is one of the stars of the show. And then um, Andrew Jacobs is scheduled to. Uh, you know, yeah. to um, come on sometime soon. And um, so when that releases, we're working on doing a, uh, a uh, release uh, event with the cast of the show so they can come out and watch it and, and get to meet the guys. So uh, as soon as that gets scheduled, we'll go ahead and pop it up on our website and, uh, and uh, Facebook as well, everywhere. Nice, nice. Always fun stuff uh, with Haunted Orange County. All right, we're going to get back in the saddle here. Um, now, before we get into the UFO stuff again, uh, Ben, you said you have a, an EVP there uh, yeah. that you would like to uh, share with, uh, with sure. the people at home. Why don't you tell me a little bit of background where you capture this and, and what's the story? This is pretty creepy, and if I can't remember the details, we'll just make them up. Um, this was <laughs> basically... Oh, okay, this was uh, an old rectory. <laughs> it sounds dirty. <laughs> In the rectory. Uh, a, a rectory is, is a place um, that, where the, the priests would live mm-hmm. uh, next to the convent. <laughs> that just made uh, it even <laughs> No, you have no idea. You have no idea. Um, oh, it's, boy. You know, in Ohio. Okay, so at any rate, I was... <clears throat> okay, now that you've set that up, it sounds even more dirty. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was upstairs, and there was... All right. And <laughs> All right. There was... <laughs> Let's get there, was, uh, there was a, there was a, how do I even say this? Uh, in our group, uh, mostly adults, there there was a kid that was like eight years old or so. <laughs> See, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've taken it down that path, curse you. Oh, brother. <laughs> so, at any rate, um, we were doing an EVP session, and um, you can hear me talking, and I'm saying something about, uh, well, actually, this this kid was taught. He was actually a little bit older than that. He's over by the window, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really paying attention to him. He's asking some question about the window and whatever, and I sort mm-hmm. of responded because I was I was doing something with um, some of my equipment. And, anyways, I think someone else recorded this and they sent it to me. And very mm-hmm. clearly, you're going to hear something um, that you probably will be able to pick out without me even telling you. Okay, let's hear. Here it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
There it was. Now, I just amplified that part of it. Let me play, uh, see if this is the raw one. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the edited. Do you hear what it's saying? I hear a voice. Play it one more time because I'm going to put my headphones on. Okay. Here. That one and that one. Are these the same ones that were coming around the other room? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to turn on for sure. God, I can't make it out. No? No, I'm trying. Okay. Listen and think of me. <laughs> hey, ready? That one and that one. Are these the same ones that were coming around the other room? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to turn on for sure. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's no my name. way. Dude, that's crazy. It's my name. And you can tell that the kid is talking in, in uh, a, a certain distance from the microphone. Uh -huh. And then this thing, of course, I just only boosted the uh, sound of that portion of it. Right. But it's, it's a, a, a different cadence, a different voice. Yeah. And it says my name. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So... When you get that, you, you realize that you, you, you're pretty much somebody in the spirit world. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that means you came up. They know you. Yep. They uh, talk about you. They gossip about you over there. How, how do you think these um, entities know who people are? I mean, granted, you're, you're a public figure. Right, <laughs> they have cable. Right? There's only one explanation for it. <laughs> Sci-fi rates pretty pretty big among the dead. I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, but you know, for for uh, you know, John Doe out there, uh, you know, uh, investigating maybe an, an abandoned uh, farmhouse, and I don't mean to be stereotypical by any means, but <laughs> but I live in a farmhouse. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if he hears his name. Uh, you know, what, how is it that these entities know who you are? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I think my name was used enough during that night. Anyone who was listening, living or dead, would know my name. But um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that I, I'm known over there. <laughs> it's not like they like get together like, if you have a message, you need to get to the world, go find this Ben Hansen guy. Right. He'll be <laughs> appearing tonight in Ohio. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, it could be just sort of repeating. Um, maybe they're just hearing, you know, what they say. I have heard people who do tours, mm. and they do them often, mm -hmm. and you will hear some of the guides at certain places say, yes, this particular spirit knows my name. I've heard my mm -hmm. name audibly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, shouted my name or said hello to me, you know, when I walk in. So maybe there is sort of an interaction like that. Gotcha. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, something that, that I'm quite intrigued by, um, and that is uh, sightings of uh, uh, UFO sightings in space by um, members of, uh, you know, um, space shuttle, uh, you know... Uh, astronauts, as yeah, we call astronauts. them. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to be a little more, you know, like, <laughs> trying to extend this. Oh, Anyways. okay. <laughs> yeah, astronauts, bottom line. Uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's one of those things that is uh, debated quite a bit, you know, whether there's 
uh, you know, if the footage that you see on YouTube a lot of times from the ISS or even footage from uh, old, uh, you know, uh, spacewalks uh, that seem to show lights, like, you know, the famous tether incident and things of that nature, mm -hmm. whether these are actual UFOs, you know, NASA has never said anything besides, you know, that it's frozen ice particles or right. what have you. However, uh, uh, Edgar Mitchell, I believe is his name, yep. right? He's openly said, you know, yeah, we've seen stuff out there. We don't know what it is or UFOs, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about this? Uh, what's going out there in space? Are they actually seeing something in your opinion? There's numerous um, astronauts who have, have gone on record. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say Gordon Cooper is another one. And uh, Buzz Aldrin, mm -hmm. and it's it's not just you know those who have, have stated it. There are recordings of them declaring, "We have a UFO. Mm -hmm. What do we do, Houston?" And and after a while, they they started. Um, they were taught to use kind of code words, and they would start um, describing them as a, a you know various missions use different words yeah. when they would see something, and they also had an encrypted channel. You know, because for the longest time, and you can still get it um, on uh, shortwave radio. Sometimes they'll rebroadcast the missions, but they always now have a back channel if they have a problem, you know, or like have to discuss something that can't be openly right. shared. Um, so they start doing that. However, the, I believe there's plenty of information to suggest that there have been encounters. In fact, um, oh. God, I feel stupid for forgetting his name, but um, the the first I don't know if it was the first uh, manned U.S. orbiting. Um, the astronaut described mm -hmm. seeing um, small, tiny objects like surrounding kind of the ship, and he was just mesmerized by it. You know, and and so what what the most compelling to me is actually Buzz Aldrin's story. Now, Buzz Aldrin came out. If you try and search interviews from Neil Armstrong, mm -hmm. okay, and his um, being the first man on the moon, he never gave a formal interview. Never did. Mm -hmm. First man on the moon, and you can't get him to sit down and, you know, talk with the Rolling Stone or something, or right. USA Today, whatever. Why? So incredible that um, he stayed away from the limelight, didn't really talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. But you have Buzz Aldrin who has been very vocal, he had said for a long time that they were followed for a good portion of the way to the moon by a UFO. Mm. Um, I don't remember exact dates, but at some point he comes out and said, you know, I think we were mistaken. It was part of the Saturn rocket booster that right. we had jettisoned. And um, some people kind of called him out on that. It's like, well, don't the transmission say, no, I have the... Uh, the uh, rocket booster in sight, right, when they're having that discussion. Well, mm -hmm. so that's what he relied on until my friend uh, James Fox, and you may, might know him from a show that he's a little embarrassed about, um, <laughs> which was Chasing <laughs> Your Eyebrows. Like, no, it's not one of those shows, Frank. No, okay. <laughs> um, chasing UFOs on that geo. Okay. It went a little bit too far. It was kind of a silly show. Um, they had some good, good moments. They mm -hmm. did. But... He's actually quite a serious documentarian. Mm -hmm. he's, he's done a lot of um, really excellent um, movies, one called Out of the Blue, mm -hmm. another called I Know What I Saw, okay. and uh, very well put together. Well, James got in touch 
with Buzz Aldrin through, I believe it was Buzz's sister. And he was, um, at the time, promoting some type of program. I think it was uh, to go to Mars or something, rather. I can't remember. But he was in Europe kind of doing this kind of promotion. <coughs> and he was in Monte Carlo, and, and he talked to Buzz briefly through his people, and he said, okay, Buzz agrees to give you an interview. He'll tell you what really happened. So James Fox got his whole camera crew and went out there to Monte Carlo, mm-hmm. and very expensive hotel, supposed to have an interview, and Buzz cancels. He says, can we do it tomorrow? Mm-hmm. He waits. Uh, he cancels again, pushes it back. Oh, wow. He was there a couple days till finally he calls you know, from the lobby, and he's like, look, Mr. Aldrin, this is costing me a lot of money. Yeah. I can't just keep staying here with my crew. Are you going to give us the interview or not? And Buzz says, I can't do it. Wow. He says, what do you mean? And he says, if I came out and said what happened, it wouldn't change a dang thing. He's like, what do you mean it wouldn't change anything? Mm-hmm. You're, you're the second man who walked on the moon. And he says, no, it wouldn't do anything. So it's very disconcerting. Wow. I mean, here we have a man who's on the moon who swears that there's UFO. He's, he had to retract his story or did. And then um, his sister later calls James and says, I think somebody got to him. Wow. Okay. Someone talked to him, I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to misquote. I think he said someone talked to him. Okay. So um, you have that story. You have stories of the rumored missing transmissions when they were on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know anything other than hearsay. I, I know of a man supposedly who was watching the, the closed feed mm-hmm. of those missing two-minute or so transmissions and... According to him, he declares that between the chatter between um, Buzz and Neil and uh, Houston, that they saw ships on the rim of the crater they were in up above, and entities were outside of it. They were describing, we're not uh, the first ones here. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Who knows to what extent, if any of that's true, Mm -hmm. but but we do have um, a hero you know, Buzz Aldrin, that I hope will come and talk about this before he dies. Mm-hmm. Now, um, also, I don't know if this is the same night. No, no, this was somebody else. I wish I could remember, and I'll think of it soon. Somebody told me they were um, up in Canada, okay? So Buzz Aldrin is supposed to be up there in, uh, I believe, Toronto, mm-hmm. and he's promoting something else he's doing, big promoter. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, they just released this IMAX movie, Okay, and it was something about space exploration, whatever. He's in town. They invite him to come over. Well, the IMAX movies, when they play the, the reels in the movie theater, they, they're still on reels, a mm-hmm. lot of these things. And someone discovered that it hadn't been rewound. So they had to connect it to another reel, and it takes a half an hour to like rewind this whole thing. Wow. So in the meantime, the movie theater goers are like, or the uh, promoters are like, well, Mr. Alden, would you mind talking? <laughs> To the crowd, you know, while we're waiting. And so he gets up. Mm-hmm. You catch him off guard. This guy I know says he's sitting there and Buzz starts talking just off the cuff and saying things like, well, back in the day, yeah, they, they took my spacecraft, and he's calling it a spaceship. He says, my spaceship. They took my spaceship, and we did this, we did that. And he says, you know, the spaceship was used based on the plans. It was built on the plans that the aliens gave us. 
and blah, 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 what? and kept going without even batting an eye. Wow. And, wow. and he doesn't know if anyone's like just sitting there texting or not paying attention, but he looks at his friend and he's like, did Buzz Aldrin just say that the aliens taught them how to build the spaceship, the Apollo? Oh, boy. Just completely crazy stuff. So I want to get his statement mm-hmm. down. And, um, you know, hopefully <clears throat> if, if Buzz ever listens or I ever get the chance to talk to him, he actually lives pretty close to where I live. Mm-hmm. And I have mutual friends, you know, it would be great. Yeah. You know, if, even if he doesn't think it, may, it will make a difference, you know, hopefully he'll come forward. Uh, why do you think uh, someone like uh, uh, Edgar Mitchell can openly talk about these things? And Buzz Aldrin, uh, you know, for whatever reason, stays uh, quiet. You know, I, I don't precisely remember what Edgar Mitchell may or may not have seen. <coughs> I think he's he's more interested in in what he thinks is known. Mm, okay. I, I honestly don't remember if he had his own sighting, but um, who knows? It might be just a, you know a matter that of of status mm-hmm. of of who Buzz Aldrin is. Right. You know, and uh, incidentally, at the USS Hornet where I was um, just last night for an event. Right. Right. The the Hornet. Uh, actually picked up the capsules, you know, when they came back from the moon. Oh, really? Yeah, and so oh, they've wow. got some of the capsules there, and they have this Winnebago uh-huh. that they converted into the quarantine station. No way. It is so small, and I, I've wow. got pictures of it. I could probably Instagram it here in a minute. And um, they sat there in this thing, and Edgar Mitchell actually spent three <laughs> days up in the first three moon missions. Mm-hmm. They quarantined them because they were afraid literally afraid that they would come back with a moon virus. Wow. And so they would take little plants mm-hmm. and little things they would put there in, in with them to see if the plants would die. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, you've contaminated the plant. Uh, we're going to have to, um, <clears throat> you know, get rid of you now, too, because you have the moon virus. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, you know, I remember reading a lot as a kid in, in a lot of the, the UFO books is that um, uh, they were told not to go back to the moon. And that is why we, you know, we haven't had a, a, another you know, trip to yeah. the moon in, in, in quite You know, and I would think that that's a, a pretty good, uh, well, that's a pretty good possibility. It, if the conspiracy is true, mm-hmm. the uh, Apollo mission, uh, I don't know if it was the whole missions or just Apollo 11, Um, I believe it cost, oh gosh, I'm not going to even try and say. I, I wanted to say it was, it was uh, so many billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It involved over 400,000 people working on it. I know that. And a lot of people invested a lot of jobs there. Mm-hmm. You get to the moon, let's say, and you find out there's nothing but rocks. Oh, yeah. okay? However, it's such a, an amazing strategic point. Mm-hmm. We wanted to get there before the Russians, right. and, and we knew it was pretty much the first person there, okay, can set up camp and do whatever. I find it hard to believe that we just abandoned our goals to at least put a military station up there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, not, I'm not getting all conspiracy theory here. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked. Right. I would not be shocked at all if we continued building um, and had another you know, um, uh, moon, let's say, mission that was military in nature. The whole we've been warned thing. Mm-hmm. We did an episode on Factor Faked, and we looked at Apollo 16 and 17, or 15 and 17, I can't remember. Um, but 
there are some clips of the video there that I will, I will hand it to the conspiracy. I will say, okay, I can see how in a Hollywood set you could probably recreate some of these. Mm -hmm. Do I believe we went to the moon? By all means. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know we went there. Yeah. But the conspiracy will say, well, those later missions, yeah. perhaps they faked some of those because of the warning you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That you look at Apollo 13, disasters. Mm -hmm. Okay, were they just coincidence or was there something actually trying to prevent us from going back? Wow. You know, mm -hmm. write a book about it, you'll make a movie. They have. Um, <laughs> but but uh, you come out with it. What was that, that movie about the... Um, you get on, it was on the moon, and you found they found the Russian like alien thing. They attacked. Oh, the oh, 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 yeah, yeah. What's it called? Ah, uh, I know exactly. It, I think it was called a. No, it wasn't it, Apollo it was, something. It was, it was Apollo. It? Yeah, it was. A, maybe it was like Apollo eighteen. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, it was that. like the yeah, Apollo yeah. The mission that didn't happen. Okay, <clears> well, people think, oh, that's cool and everything, but but see, they get these based on the storylines on a little bit of the the rumored mm -hmm. um, stuff that has some facts behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, did we get warned, and that's why we didn't go back because mm -hmm. it was it was too dangerous, it was too disastrous. Um, I don't know if that's a better explanation than we mm -hmm. ran out of money. I don't. I really don't know, but but I would not be surprised. I don't think the the moon missions ended there. Uh, I have two questions along the very same lines here, and one is from Tattoo Guy, who says, "I'm guessing Ben believes that we did in fact go to the moon." Uh, Genevieve also texted me because she wanted to ask, how about Ben's general opinion on a possibly faked first moon landing, not denying subsequent ones, but just perhaps faking the first pictures, et cetera? Um, do you think that uh, the first one was uh, legit then? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really do. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like, it's like anything. When when something so big and so grand happens, whether it's a disaster, whether it's it's just some... Um, miraculous thing that happens in a war or, or something like this, sometimes it's too much for people to comprehend. Yeah. And they start picking on little parts of the story, like, well, no, the spaceship could not have survived because everyone knows that little tiny bits of meteorite would, you know, go right through the ship or that radioactivity would not allow them to be up there or... You know, the stars would have been overexposed in these pictures they took. You would have seen right. stars and, like... You know what? Like, there's so much evidence in favor, mm -hmm. and and of saying that it's in practically the, the chances that 400,000 people involved in this mm -hmm. in our day, mm -hmm. okay, didn't know that this was all filmed on a on a set or astronomical. I really, really have no doubt that we went. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and, and that that's far easier to believe that that maybe we stopped going there just for, you know, something that happened. Right. Now, see, personally, and, and you know, I get into a bit of hot water with this, but, you know, hey, uh, what would this show be without controversy? Uh, you know, I believe that we did reach the moon, but the images sent back were not of the actual event. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day uh, of Fox, uh, used to do a lot of things, uh, a lot of shows, 
uh, on UFOs and aliens and, uh, uh-huh. of course, one of my favorite sightings, right? Uh, but they would also do these uh, documentaries. And one of them, they try to show, you know, how some of the pictures look, you know, like they were manipulated. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the, what I think a lot of people know that, you know, they have different sources of light, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always had this idea uh, that, you know, we got there, yeah, but we didn't get to see what really happened. It was as if somebody somewhere just kind of flipped the switch and they went to like a, you know, either like a <laughs> tape or something. And it's funny because, you know, call me crazy, but then I saw like the beginning of one of these Transformer movies and they depict the exact same thing. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, they landed, you know, f- switch. And I'm not saying that that makes me right by any means, but it makes me at least feel like I might not be completely off the mark a little bit. Sounds uh, more interesting. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I, I have quite the uh, overactive imagination. Uh, I'll, I'll admit to that. But, you know, to me, the moon continues to fascinate me. Uh, what about, you know, let's talk about Mars for a minute. Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, Mars, you know, there's signs of life. And, you know, a lot of people spend hours and hours just obsessing over the images from yeah, Mars, yeah. finding all kinds of things. Have you seen, of all the things that people post on the Internet, have you seen any one thing that you're like, okay, I must admit that is a little weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, my friend uh, Lee Spiegel at Huffington Post, um, I, I've got a lot of his articles where I've commented, and you can find them on uh, benhanson.com. You just click on the media tab, and I think there's a, a section with newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. And I think I commented on, on one for the Mars stuff. There was one on the moon recently. Mm-hmm where it was Google Moon. If you zoom in, you can see these objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a... Yeah, like a squares and triangles and, or something, and things. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, and this is something that I lecture on a lot too, that technology is not perfect at all. Mm-hmm. Cameras have artifacts. We call them all the time, and especially when you digitize things. Right. You know, so... It's so hard to say. However, I know that, that uh, NASA had taken a special interest in the face on Mars, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they sent, um, you know, probes in that direction to try and see if they could get a better imaging of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Buzz Aldrin was very interested in it. He's made comments. Mm. And, and he has come straight out and goes, we need to go to Mars because... There are structures, um, he talks about one of the moons, I think, too, of Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, and we'll see the structures that are there. You know there are structures, and just like Mm matter-of-factly says that there are things that are built there. Wow. Okay, so I don't know if he's talking on authority or just... He's he's joined the rumor mill too, (laughs) but but uh, when we're talking about xenoarchaeology, you know, and looking at things that might have been built on other planets, I think there's a good chance of it. I don't know that NASA would necessarily cover it up, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think um, if there is a secret, there are very few people in the know, very Mm -hmm. few people. And there are a lot more people who are scientists who are just as interested to discover. And if they found something, they would come out like they have and said, yes, we found ice crystals. Yes, we found possibly some um, microorganisms, you know, and but who's going to get excited, honestly, about microorganisms? Right. I know, not me. I can tell you that much. Like, show me, find something with a spine yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like... They come out of the life. We found life. And, like, most people, 
It's you like know? I don't want to have to get a microscope to see it. Oh, yeah, it's a great discovery. Don't get me wrong, but you no, know, me being be. the and layman person that I am. Well, mo- <laughs> most people can't remember past sixth grade biology either. You know, so what's a microorganism? Wait, what biology went all and... the way up to sixth grade? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is this? Conspiracy. Uh, uh, you know, one of the, the interesting things I, I remember uh, watching in one of these uh, videos about Mars was the, the fact that the two rovers that they sent, I forget what they were called, like the Discovery and the something or another. They oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, the fact that apparently that they, was, they were supposed to stop functioning, I don't know how many years after they got sent. Yeah. And apparently the solar panels remain clean and intact and the batteries just dandy yeah. and they're just roaming around still so many years That's later. That's so awesome. Why it, don't they make our computers like that? Right, Or our cars. Seriously, like my, my Apple, you know, as soon as I get it, the optic drive dies yeah, in, in a couple months and I'm like, make my stuff out of what you did to <laughs> Rovers. Right. You know, I want this to be alive in 30 years and like walking around. Right. No, I, I <laughs> believe me, I, I thought of the same uh, uh, things, but do you, because what they were saying is like that there is something out there that is uh, taking care of these things, if you will. You know, somebody that does the solar panels so that keep working. Uh, <laughs> do you think it's possible, you know, that, that it, it, do you just think that these things just happen to last longer than they expected? Or do you think that there is more uh, at work here in regards to? That's a good question. That's a really good question because the technology there. Probably a good rule of thumb is to say the technology we have today that we know of, mm-hmm. 30 years ahead we have stuff, okay, right. that, that we're using, and we only know about the stuff that's going on now. And it's mm-hmm. like, so maybe 30 years ago, maybe today with conventional stuff we could build something that would last that long, but they actually had it back then. Mm. I don't know. I know that they, they only planned when the government contractors bid on something, they're like, look, no guarantees. No. We'll get it there. It'll go walking around, but we're only going to say it's got a useful life of 18 months right? or whatever. So get all the photos you need. We're not responsible. There's no returns or warranties. Right, right. But it just happens to be that they made it really good, mm-hmm. you know, and it didn't need spare parts, and it's just roaming around. I don't know. Fair enough. No, I, I think that, that, you know, that could very well be true. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that there's some kind of ET made going around, you know, or <laughs> ET mechanic doing maintenance on keep, these things. Keep your eyes on the on the camera, you know. Well, they you have might shown see a, an ET maid coming they, around with a duster and like. Apparently, you know, <laughs> the, the people have you know people that uh, again look at for hours at uh, you know the images that these things send back. You know, they all notice that there's like weird little objects in the sky. You know, and yeah. things of you know, and I mean, they could be UFOs. I mean, who knows? Uh, uh, do you think that what is in your opinion the future of the space program because you know recently I went to see the Endeavor over here at the uh, California oh, did you, how did you get in there I heard it was like booked for like like a really long time here's the secret I don't know if people know this I'm going to give the secret because <laughs> I stumble upon this if you go on Wednesdays it's yeah. free really yeah and I think this is like middle of the week uh, you know take the day off from work because I think it's definitely worth checking out you know me being kind of like the space geek that I am, I was just kind of like staring at this thing going like, holy Sweet. cow, this thing has been in like space, you know. Do they let they, you go inside it? No, unfortunately. Oh, and I was man. reading that they're not going to make that available. What? Yeah, unfortunately. But they're going to make a mock-up of the uh, booster rockets and everything, and they're going to put it upright as really? if it was ready for takeoff. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, but for now, it's inside a hangar. 
It's really cool. I, you know, like I said, if you're into that kind of stuff, I was just mesmerized by, you know, the, the size of the, uh, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. It, it, you know, you see it on TV countless times and just kind of being able to stand under it and just yeah. look at it. It's pretty amazing. But now that they've retired that mode of uh, space travel, where do you see um, well, NASA Well, that, that's, that's a conundrum in itself. That's very interesting because... Here we are using the Challenger. I mean, not the Challenger. Well, sorry. That one kind of went away. Um, <laughs> the space shuttle, uh -huh. okay, is such old technology, okay? Yeah. It was like 30 years outdated, mm -hmm. right? And, and we still were using it. And their replacement, when they retired it, like, well, we don't have a replacement yet. We're developing this new... It's a little weird, right? Whatever X, whatever something design, and they've yeah. seen plans of it, but... We're really thinking we're going to go back to the Saturn rocket boosters. Okay, their plan mm -hmm. to go to Mars, because supposedly it's more efficient, is to use something like the Apollo missions where you have separating stages. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the end capsule is the thing that finally gets there. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. And after all these years, they couldn't come up with something better, you know, and they use the shuttle because it's reusable, and then they just retire it. And it's just done. And we're done. We're done going to space, a space mm -hmm. station. You know, and there's not a clear next phase. Yeah. Um, again, that I found interesting. I mean, it, it's a little odd. I mean, yeah. unless they're, they're planning to, you know, blow our minds with something like, oh, check this out. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on, and I have absolutely no proof of this, mm -hmm. no proof whatsoever. But this is my world of hearing the rumors. Yeah. I just pass them along. But there, there are rumors that in certain locations where the Naval Space Agency, mm -hmm. and if you, you look at, um, oh, who was the, the leaker who, the leaker, <laughs> the, uh, not, not uh, oh gosh, what can't I remember his name? Not, not Snowden, not um, the guy who, who they're trying to extradite from the UK. Oh, what's his name? McKinnon or something. McKinnon, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so some of the documents that, that he had leaked supposedly mm -hmm. talk about an off-Earth yeah, um, officers. Yeah, okay? correct, correct. And it kind of names these, these off-Earth, um, you know, naval officers. Well, okay, let's suppose that's true. The Gary McKinnon. Of, Gary McKinnon, thank you. Yeah. Some of the um, objects people are seeing, and I don't know how they would know this, except for uh, they inventoried, I think, in some of the stuff that he had, they inventoried some of the craft and whatever mm -hmm. they have. But the rumor is that bi-weekly, at least, they are sending um, <clears throat> kind of shuttles mm -hmm. uh, back and forth from the moon, okay? And that they can get there in a matter of, I think it was hours or something. Mm. Um, I talked to one gentleman who worked on, uh, I think it's the Avenger, is what it, or, or Venture Star, I'm sorry, Venture Star, which is rumored to be one of those craft, and he says it looks just like a really big kind of plane, mm -hmm. but the rumor was when he was a government contractor, you know, working on the landing gear and stuff of it, is that it had um, inner space kind of capabilities, and that it, it could go, I don't know how a plane could just take off there, I have no idea. But but they are doing this biweekly and and taking shuttles to bring wow. materials up to there and and that would be a whole you know military application. Wow. So would we need a civilian space agency 
if the higher ups knew we already had something going mm. and we already have a base and we already have kind of dominance. Yeah. You know, like look at look at Ronald Reagan and the strategic defense initiative and the space Star Wars programs. Right. You know, like crazy. You go back and look at his clips and he's talking about lasers <laughs> and like defending ourselves yeah. from enemies here and from yeah. out there, you know. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "What are you talking about, Reagan?" But, you know, it's like true. things that may have come from that, I think really probably do exist. That we've got we already have lasers that can shoot down satellites, shoot down um missiles, mm-hmm. you know, melt warheads. So if if we just progressed along that line of thought that many 20 30 years ago mm-hmm. um it would it would suggest that we already have a very complex <clears throat> station on the moon now yeah i i didn't mean to interrupt but we're running out of time but also uh i'm seeing here that people want to know if you've seen the documentary kubrick's odyssey i do not believe i have you have to watch it yeah, seen, yeah it's uh basically okay so this is this is what it's about. Uh, uh, it basically says that the moon landing was faked, and Kubrick was the one they tapped to make it look realistic, and uh, okay. that uh, 2001: Space Odyssey was like the te- like the way that he was testing how it would look to the people at home watching mm-hmm. through their TV. In exchange, if I remember correctly. Kubrick asked to use a very expensive camera lens that NASA had, mm-hmm. which they built just for their own personal uses, to film sequences of the movie to make, you know, to make it look just that grand and like, wow, they're really... Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I, I watched that movie not too long ago after watching the documentary, and it, it looks like it was just made last year or something. The special effects are are really, really amazing. And obviously, you know, it goes deeper into a lot of the symbolism and the meaning uh-huh. in, in 2001 Space Odyssey because, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm a Kubrick fanatic, and, uh, you know, he's known for making movies where everything, every color, every little object has a meaning and a purpose, and he's trying to say something. And obviously that conspiracy is really kind of begin to snowball from there. And, you know, they, I think they made one about even The Shining being his uh, almost declaration of like, yeah, I helped fake the moon landing, believe it or not. It gets really, yeah. it gets kind of deep. Well, you know, we talked to one guy on our episode about the moon landings, and... Um he had looked into the story and did a documentary on it. Mm-hmm. And he was surprised and shocked at what mm-hmm. he uncovered. You know, and he was he was very neutral before starting it, you know, and like I don't know. I, I, I still feel like um possible mm-hmm. for some of the later missions especially to yeah, sure, I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um not not reasonably um you know, though, I, I really just don't... There's just too many people involved. Practical, mm-hmm. I don't think it, it it was. Okay. And before we go, because I have to ask, because I'm always getting hassled about Bigfoot. Because I have, like, my <laughs> own, like, conspiracy or, or, or just theory in general of Bigfoot and Big Feet in general, why we can't <laughs> find, you know, dead bodies or whatever. Yeah. Now, I've said that... It could possibly be that this thing 
I, you know, I'm not saying that it has some kind of like high tech machine or device, but it could be that this thing is some kind of interdimensional being that kind of yeah. pops in and out of this dimension. And I don't think it even is aware of it. I don't think it does it maybe consciously. I think that wherever alternate reality or, 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 or parallel universe that he sat, that there might just be the areas, you know, like a lot of people say like ley lines here, you yeah. know, or portals in Peru that people claim that you can like walk through even though they're solid rock and come out and be in a completely different world, literally. Uh, you know, I believe that there could be something like that going on. Now, you have done expeditions to yeah. find evidence, right? Uh, and, you know, again, I'm quite fascinated by this topic as well. What can you tell me about Bigfoot? What have you found? Um, I kind of, and I'm there with you in, in my like two minute summary. I look, um, a big hoax. If you go to my website, um, benhansen.com, click on, I think it's on the front page. We have a recent story from Rick Dyer. Okay. This mm -hmm. is the guy who claims he shot one, not just mm -hmm. one, but he was taking on tour. Okay. In mm -hmm. Winnebago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then, uh, he has a juvenile now that he's added to the tour will, whatever. Well, I will give anyone the benefit of the doubt. I'll look at what they're saying. I, uh -huh. will, I will listen to their story. But I'm with you. I kind of feel like I've met some very credible people. Someone mm -hmm. just told me yesterday's story that have seen face-to-face, -face, very close, mm -hmm. these animals. I believe there's something to it. But I also believe that there are so many hunters. There are so many um, such close encounters that we probably would have found a body we probably would have shot one um despite the claims of people who said they did like i i really want to see the evidence on this um as crazy as it is i'm more open to this interdimensional thing because if thank we, you if, if, if thank I mean, you yeah seriously if, if we're if we say Okay, I, I believe in an afterlife what we're really talking about is not so twilight zone mm -hmm. strange we're talking about another dimension. Mm -hmm. So Bigfoot, yeah. why could not there be animals kind of passing in and out where they don't always see us, we don't always see them? I don't know. Um, as strange as it is, it might explain um, uh, lake monsters, mm -hmm. Nessie. You know, like maybe they disturb the water and people right. are actually seeing an animal that existed a long time ago and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, I really don't know, but it, I just... I, I kind of feel like it's it's not just undiscovered. Well, thank you for that because I must say I've have I have a hard time getting people to kind of not believe what I'm having what I'm trying to say, but definitely just to kind of consider that a, 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 a you know yeah. a fair possibility, right? But it, you know, it's all it's all crazy talk. <clears throat> At the end of the day, I mean, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like we're sitting here talking about portals and stuff. It's like, well, look. You, you either tell me that there's this undiscovered ape-like creature that nobody can catch or shoot or, or whatever, and, and there's hundreds possibly roaming the earth, or, or they're going in and out of portals. Either one sounds crazy, but I have an open mind. What can I say? And I think everybody <laughs> should when it comes to dealing with uh, a lot of these topics. Uh, wow. What can I say? It has been an amazing show. I want to thank everybody for watching tonight i know that uh they had a good time thank you ben you're welcome really appreciate it it's yeah. been a lot of fun hope to have you back soon well, ernie thank you. thank you sir 
for making Thank this you. possible. And uh, if you guys could, just send a quick shout-out to Annabelle, who's 12 years old, and she's tuning into the show. Hi, Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle. Where, where is she calling from? Or England. England. Wow, yeah. what time is it in England? It's too early to it's, be up. That's it's, wow. It's, it's a better time of day than here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so, and with that, also a shout-out to everybody that stuck around and weathered the storm with us. We talked about a lot of crazy stuff, interesting stuff. I think that uh, if you missed any part of it, definitely uh, be on the lookout for the podcast and uh, catch up on all of the madness. Uh, don't forget to uh, tune in next week uh, when we hope to have uh, Ernie, hopefully, fingers crossed, can we say it or should we yeah. wait? Yeah, we can. Go ahead. He's, um, we're um, hoping to have... Um, ben Hansen again, yes. Ben Hansen <laughs> will be appearing again next you week. You have 10 <laughs> seconds. Ben Hansen will be here. Um, Yes. <laughs> Jake, um, Andrew Jacobs. <laughs> oh, Andrew yeah. Jacobs. Paranormal Activity, the Mark Yes, Dwayne. yes, yes. If you haven't seen that movie, definitely go check it out. I think it, it's, it's, it's a great deal of fun and uh, definitely has some scares and uh, definitely get all caught up with that. Real quick before we go, once again, uh, Ben, where can people find you? Um, ben Hansen, B-E-N-H-A-N-S. Wait, I can't even spell my name. This darn horrible monster. H-A-N-S-E-N.com, BenHanson.com. And then and all the links are there for Night Vision Ops and all that. Awesome. Uh, Ernie, Haunted Orange and all that good stuff. HauntedOC.com, uh, Haunted Orange County on Facebook, and at Haunted Orange on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And as always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Uh, shout out to my buddy uh, Jimmy, Jaime Roca on Twitter, and Genevieve, Genevieve Dewe on Twitter. Don't forget to follow and like the Independent FM on Facebook, Twitter, and all the good stuff. Uh, we're going to go out with a band who, uh, whose name uh, is associated with early UFO sightings. This oh. should be fun. All right, guys. Take care. Be safe. God bless. We'll see you next week. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Independent FM. New York, London, Philadelphia, Japan, Chicago, Paris, San Francisco, Tijuana, Los Angeles, California. The Independent FM, Indie Radio, live from Swing House Studios in Hollywood. This is the all-new Independent FM.